Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know they feel this. Alright, so we haven't had the J.C. Horn conversation yet today. He left the game yesterday with a hamstring injury. And uh, today, Frank Reich and his media availability confirmed the injury and spoke on the severity of it. Just to confirm, uh, J.C. Horn did have a hamstring, so we'll continue to evaluate the severity of that and the timetable of that. All right, so I wanted to give you that just so you guys got the update on the coveted cornerback that uh, is no longer available to play every Sunday, it does appear. Here's what Frank Reich said about the confidence they have in the cornerback room now with J.C. Horn likely to miss next week's home opener. Very confident in the depth in that room. That's an area that we felt has been a strength. So, you know, hopefully J.C. will recover quickly and, and we'll get him back, but confident in the depth of the room. Y'all believe him? About the severity? About being confident in that room without J.C. Horn? Hmm. No, I don't Uh, think so. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) I didn't know if you were talking about the injury or the depth. We have heard him say good things about C.J. Henderson. It's not like C.J. was good in this game, but we have heard that in the offseason. But shocker, we've heard that a couple of times. Wes, it's a real problem. I hate it. I, I wish J.C. Horn could stay healthy. It's a, he's a very good cornerback. We've had our debates on just how good he is, but we both agree that he's at least a good cornerback in the NFL, and he would really help this team if he stayed healthy, and he's just not doing it right now. You have the hamstring injury, and I think it's really nice. You can go out and check our Stefania Bell interview on our website, Wesson Walker, WFNZ.com, then click on the Wesson Walker uh, podcast tab. We discussed, is this a unhealthy or unlucky situation? And she said... The good news is, is that J.C. Horn hasn't suffered an injury to where I'm worried about that continuing to rear its head every single Sunday. The problem is, is that there's a different injury that rears its head. We're getting something different. The wrist injury, knee problems, ACL, like it's an issue. And I hope that J.C. is able to come back from it sooner rather than later. He's an important part to this squad. But, man, it sucks to see him continue to go down. Yeah, I was just saying yesterday, man, it's got to be frustrating when you work as hard as these guys do and then you have uh, just situations where over and over again your body is not responding the way that it needs to, man. And I hate it for him because you do want to see what that full picture looks like if he's able to play at least 80%, 75%, 70% of the games, man. But this is just unfortunate for him. Hopefully he can come back quickly, but we know how hamstrings are probably going to take at least a few weeks before he can get back in that Carolina secondary. Man, we saw what happened last year in the Tampa Bay game when he was not available. This is something that teams are definitely going to look to exploit uh, if if he's not able to get out there on the football field. That's the part that concerns me, Wes. The other injuries, you get past them. I'm not saying that you're completely 100%, but – it's it's not one of these nagging things that shows up week in and week out. Once you get over it, the hope is that you're over it for good. 
a hamstring injury, that's going to linger for a while, right? Yeah. Like these soft tissue injuries, if that starts to happen and then you start to have the non-contact when everybody starts to, oh boy, this is no, or non-contact injuries are, are pretty worrisome. Are we going to get the whole, he's questionable, he's doubtful. Is this thing going to last into week seven, week eight? Even if he is out there, how worried are you that he's going to be 100% effective? The, the hamstring injury, you could argue that's one that you're worried about being long-term even more so. I Yeah, I, I hope we're not at the beginning of, oh, okay, ship J.C. Horn out of town because we're already getting texts. Hey, trade him, cut him. We're already getting those types of comments after the first game of the season leading to a J.C. Horn injury. I hope it doesn't happen. What else you got, Fiddy? All right, I'd like to point out that after Wes called the upset of, of Duke over Clemson, we put together this long montage to really celebrate Wes's prediction. I predicted on Friday, the only one on the show to predict that Texas <laughs> would go into Bryant-Denny Stadium and beat Alabama, and I get no montage, <laughs> no flowers, nothing, no whatsoever. So uh, take that, Walker. Wow. Yeah. That hurts. Whoa. Yo, did somebody ask for free bird at a concert? I just got <laughs> well, picking an underdog in a top 10 matchup, what do you... That's what I'm saying. You know, I had to endure a summer of ridicule from people <laughs> for making my pick. You make your pick, people are like, oh, okay, I made mine. They were like, you're delusional. No way. The, the best that Wes could hope for was me being on his side that people were underrating Duke <laughs> and still picking Clemson. That's the most anybody was on his side. So for you to pick Texas, not quite the leap. But we do have a comment about this Uh Texas win, right? Yeah, make no mistake about it. Texas is not in the SEC just yet, but don't tell Paul Paul Feinbaum that because he said Texas is back in Alabama. Oh, there's there's some problems there down there in Tuscaloosa. I think we can all collectively say Texas is back, and they're in the top four. There's no getting around it. When you go into Bryant-Denny Stadium and do what just a handful of teams in the Saban era have done, you deserve considerable kudos. And they, they not only won the game by double digits, they dominated the game. This game really should have been a much bigger beatdown, but if you if you look at the top four right now, it's clearly Georgia's there, Michigan, but Texas and Florida State have snuck in. I know a lot of people are asking about Ohio State and Southern Cal. They're right outside of that, but what Texas did to Alabama on plays like this is just simply unbelievable. I was talking to Nick Saban yesterday morning in Tuscaloosa, and he was very nervous and very agitated about the depth and the injuries at, in the secondary, and that was prescient as uh, that's where the game was destroyed last night, of course, other than the line of scrimmage and other than the lack of discipline again by Alabama. Guys, are they back? It might be Nick Saban's time to be cut, Paul. It needs to be <laughs> fired, Paul. What's wrong with Bama? Yeah, man. Texas comes in and wins by double digits. Here's the shocking thing to me. It's not that Jalen Milrow had a couple of interceptions. It's not that he only, quote-unquote, had 255 passing yards. It's that they ran as a team for 107. Yeah. That is not the Alabama that I know. Two point, uh, 3.1 a carry. Milrow had 44 yards, 2.9 a carry. McClellan had 45 yards, 3.8 per carry. That is the stat that really wows me. The fact that they could not run the football whatsoever. Tenth in the country? Oh, surrounded that by uh, surround that by five sacks allowed and nine tackles for loss for the Texas Longhorns but they talked about coming into that game how yeah. that defensive line from Texas is the real deal Fiddy talked about earlier uh, when we were talking in the fishbowl about Sarkeesian preparing his team uh, SEC style getting those linemen in getting that pass rush man and I think that you know when you look at the rushing attack of Alabama being that uh, light 
when you talk three yards a carry, that's a byproduct of them not believing in Jalen Milrow as a passer. Like, he can hit the deep ball and things of that nature, but the efficiency isn't there. And then Texas came through, man, and the biggest thing is just not being scared. They came in there. They were ready to go. They had that belief. Quinn Ewers was fantastic. That deep ball he threw, man. I mean, he throws lollipops, and they're, like, right on the money. So – What's interesting to me about Texas, too, is the biggest storyline surrounding Texas this offseason was about a guy that's not even playing. Arch Manning was the story of who was going to commit to Texas. And then is there any type of way that he starts over Quinn? I, that was a little bit of a conversation. But Quinn has come out balling. Texas is 2-0. Yeah, he's a projected first rounder. Yep. They beat Alabama. So what? I, I wonder just how Quinn was a little too tired about hearing of the Manning family and Arch Manning and then getting this thing back on track. Dan Orlovsky, as he's one to do, gave us the whole Twitter video of the scheme that Steve Sarkeesian had. So, yeah, Texas, they look very good, and Paul Feinbaum's telling you they're back. Let's go to one other soundbite before we end. All right, really quickly. Um, we've we've made a lot of fun of Willie P's brisket over the last year or so. Oh, no. After he put some photos up on his Twitter last 4th of July that weren't very uh, appealing to those of us that consume barbecue. Well, over the weekend, Willie P was back doing the brisket thing, and he had a message for you guys. Yeah, it's not dry, fam. Not dry at all. Biddy, <laughs> <sighs> I'll be honest. It's probably, so in its, head. it's probably the biggest influence you've ever had on anything. It's the fact that you are the one, because you're the one that created it. I was doing the show with you, and you said, ah, oh, that brisket looked a little dry. And he was in there saying, it has the juice. And he was squeezing it. And you said, ah, oh, it looked a little dry. And now here we are over a year later where he still is on brisket reclamation project. Hey, look at my juicy brisket. Look at it. Scarred the man for life. Oh, poor Willie, man. I'm glad. Did it look good? Because I haven't even seen the picture. Were you able to see the brisket in question here, Fitty? Yeah, no. He sent it He sent it to a group chat. We didn't know he went public because he told us. He said he wasn't going to do he it. He said he's never going to do it again. He must have been very confident in his meat to put it out there on the socials. Poor Willie P. It's tough. I heard what you said. We're going to move on.